Hello, everyone, and welcome to Madge Moments. I'm Ryan. I'm Kendra. And I'm Naomi. The three of us work at a small camp in Saskatchewan called Madge Lake Bible Camp. We're excited to share with you some camp stories of what God has done in the past. And we hope that this podcast will inspire you to see God at work in your life right now. Hey, you guys, uh, today we're going to start this podcast. This is the first ever podcast that we're putting together. We're calling it Madge Moments. We're going to tell you stories about Madge Lake Bible Camp. We're going to tell you the good, the bad, and the not so good. But what we really hope happens in your life is that you see God's faithfulness in all of our lives and that will translate to you seeing God's faithfulness in your life. Hey, this idea for this podcast, Kendra, why don't you explain where this idea came from real quick? Yeah, well, coronavirus has made ministry different for us this year, and we used to do a lot of in-person events, but now that's just not possible, but we didn't want to stop. We wanted to continue ministering, continuing um, being an encouraging presence in people's lives, and so part of that is the podcast. Yeah, and we were approached by somebody to actually do this, so why don't you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah, there's a former staff member, his name's Mike, and he's worked at the camp for many summers, and he came as a camper for many years, and he's taking some sound technology, I don't even know what he's all doing, but... Probably like sound engineer yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Anyways, so Mike just approached us, and he asked if we'd be interested in doing this podcast, and so we're, we're pretty excited to do it, Mike. Thank you. So we're letting you in behind the veil, so to speak, and we're going to be sharing stories about camp Hey, uh, Naomi, why don't you tell us what our theme is for this week? We are talking about how each one of us became a part of the camp and the ministry that was done at Match Lake Bible Camp. And then we're also going to be talking about how we feel God has equipped us for this ministry. If you know Ryan, Kendra, and Naomi at all, you know that the three of us could not come from more different backgrounds. We all share a common bond of loving Jesus, though. And uh, so we're just going to tell you our story about how we got connected to Magic Lake Bible Camp and what we've seen God do in and through our lives. So who's yeah. going to go first? Well, Ryan, you've been here the longest, so I think you should start. <laughs> okay, just before we get started here, I'm just going to read a little passage for us from Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 10, says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Well, let me tell you guys, I never had on my bucket list to be a camp director. I never had on my list of goals in life that I'd ever be a director of a Bible camp, let alone for 15, 16 years. But God had a different plan. Well, what did you think that you were going to do? Well, coming (laughs) out of high school, I was going to go into pharmacy, if you can believe it. (laughs) And so Ryan was going to be handing out drugs. (laughs) Okay, so anyways, here we are. 
actually what happened to me was I, w- I had applied to Brandon University and uh, I was waiting my acceptance there. And then I actually heard a radio program of all things. So sort of like a podcast for old people. And uh, on that radio program, they were talking about something called a sports ministry degree at Briarcrest. And so I don't know, for whatever reason, God really took that and said, this is where I want you to go. And it's one of the very first times that I can remember God like taking my hand and leading me. And uh, so there I was. I dropped the dream of pharmacy and and grabbed the dream of sports ministry. And what's funny about that is when I actually finished my degree, this is a different story for a different time, but when I actually finished my degree, I finished up with a hardcore like theology degree and sports ministry was well in the rearview mirror by then. But uh, God used it to get me there and to equip me to do the ministry that he's called me to do. So... I was a little bit older when I actually first worked at Magic Lake Bible Camp. I actually worked at camps, different camps, for many, many years. And uh, so from 18 to about 24, I worked at different camps every year for at least one week. I would take a week off of work or whatever I was doing, and I'd go and volunteer or help out. I actually, fun fact... Before I was ever the director of Magic Lake Bible Camp, I had already cooked in the kitchen for two weeks, and I had volunteered there. And uh, so here I was, I was uh, going through Bible college, and um, I started dating my wife, Andrea, and if you know our story at all, I'd gone to Bible college for a little while, and then I actually quit, and then I ended up going back a little bit later. It was in that second time of being back at Bible college, I met my wife and Woo-hoo. we thought, yeah, we <laughs> thought, what are we going to do for the summer? And uh, kind of, I guess, in a sneaky way, what are we going to do so that we could be together for the summer? And so what we did is we actually got all the brochures for camps in all of Saskatchewan that I could get my hands on to. And so uh, back then it was Canadian Sunday School Mission And uh, CSSM had an office right at Briarcrest. So I went and asked them for every brochure. And Andrea and I took the brochures. We laid them out on the floor. And we just started to pray over them. And we were like, God, would you just lead us to the camp that you want us to go to? And for whatever reason, I don't think the brochure was exceptionally awesome that year. But, Dwayne, I'm sure you did a good job. Um, (laughs) For whatever reason, Magic Lake Bible Camp kind of stood out to us. I literally was ready to go anywhere and do anything. How many different brochures do you think there were? I think probably 11. Oh, wow. And so we prayed and we both felt like, yeah, Madge is where we're supposed to go. And so Hmm. I actually called Dwayne, the director there, and he told me, no, there's no room on our staff anymore. (laughs) And so here we were, you know, going to serve at a camp as cabin leaders for the summer. I was 24 maybe at the time. And Andrea would have been around 22. She had worked at many, many different camps. She was a lifeguard and all this different stuff. And Dwayne's first response was, no, our staff is full. Well, we were sort of bummed out about that. And we thought, well, how could we that be? You know, we sort of felt like God had called us to this. And, hmm. and uh, no, it turned out we heard wrong or something. But three days after that, uh, Dwayne actually calls us back and says, you know what? 
we we got room for you and your girlfriend. Wow. And so it was coming close to the end of the summer. I'd been a cabin leader now at Magic Lake Bible Camp, and it was a good time. I knew that Dwayne was re, had resigned and that he was done at the end of the summer. He's a really good friend of mine. He continues to be a really good friend of mine to this day. And uh, this is going to be a little awkward, but... Um, <laughs> The question is, how did we get to camp, right? So <laughs> I love this story. <laughs> I was uh, over uh, just doing something, and I had to go to the washroom. And well, Dwayne happened to be in there when I was going to the washroom, and <laughs> and uh, I was doing my business, you know, at the urinal. And uh, all of a sudden, Dwayne looks at me, and uh, I thought. <laughs> This is a little awkward. Doesn't that break every rule in the book? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Dwayne looks at me and I was awkward. But then all of a sudden he asks, have you ever thought about being the director at camp? And, uh, you know, up to that point, I hadn't really thought about being the director at camp. But uh, whatever he shared with me that day in terms of asking put a seed in my heart. And uh, God kind of planted something there. And I thought, well, maybe I could. Even though I was never on my bucket list, even though it was never a dream of mine to become a Bible camp director, um, God was doing something. So off I went to my last year of Bible college. And at the end of the year, uh, I got a call. And I guess Magic Lake Bible Camp had been looking for other directors uh, throughout the winter but nothing had panned out. And so they figured, well, we better call that Wiesner kid. <laughs> and so they gave me a call and uh, they said, would you come and be the camp director for the summer? And I thought, yeah, I can go there and help that camp for the summer. That'd be fine. And uh, I kind of knew all the staff because I'd worked there the year before and stuff like that. So you were just thinking like one summer. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was just up for one summer, and then I thought, you know, I'll go be a youth pastor somewhere or whatever. It'll be a good transition for me, you know, to be in ministry. And in that summer, God just did something awesome in my life, and he put a call on my heart and in my life, and the call was to become the full-time, year-round director of Magic Lake Bible Camp. It's been just incredible to see how over the years God has literally just uh, shown himself that throughout my whole life, he was preparing me to this point. And uh, things that I never thought would ever, ever, ever be of any use became of use. And uh, so a, a perfectly good example of that is uh, horses. Uh, again, another story for another time, but we were getting into horses as a camp and uh, people would ask me like, are you comfortable getting into horses? Well, the reality was I grew up on a farm where we did a lot of horse stuff. And uh, even though I did not recognize it at the time, God was preparing me for the good work that he had in store for me to do, which he had planned long ago. And uh, just kind of points back to that Ephesians 2 passage that I read earlier, where God was at work in my life and doing something, even though at the time, I'll be honest with you, going out and doing chores in minus 30 and working with horses from grade 7 to grade 12 wasn't every man's dream, but uh, or every teenager's dream, but God used it in my life 
to prepare me so that we could run the stables, we could operate. And obviously there's some other people that got involved that knew a bunch more about horses that uh, could bring their expertise to the table. But again, that's a story for another time. Hey, uh, Naomi, why don't you go next? And why don't you tell us quickly about your story and how you came to be with the ministry? Well, I grew up in a family where both my parents had been missionaries and they had been missionaries overseas. And so I grew up with a desire to be a missionary from the time that I was a young child. And I had always wanted to go overseas as a missionary. And so I literally, I went to Bible school expecting to go overseas and God just kept keeping me in Canada. And he when I tried, he would just shut the door. What what sort of ways did you feel that God was keeping you in Canada? Uh, well, when I tried to go long-term, for health reasons, I kept having to come back to Canada. And uh, was that exciting to you or disappointing? How did you feel about that? Uh, it was super disappointing. It was very discouraging for me. I just um, There was a point in my life where I didn't couldn't see how God could use me. Um, because of just everything that was going on. And so I was like, well, I, I'll apply to be a youth pastor then in Canada and see what happens and see what God is going to do. And so I went to, I looked at a couple different places and went to the Evangelical Free Church and um, sent in my resume. And I got a call from Stephen Rutten, at the, the pastor at the Evangelical Free Church in Kamsack, and he called me, and we met, and then I came out to CAMSAC. And during that time, he had mentioned to Ryan that I was coming, and suddenly I get a phone call from this strange guy saying, I want you to come and speak at camp. God has told me that we're going to have a big influence in each other's lives. And I was like, who is this, and what is going on? <laughs> What had happened in my life is I was actually praying about Naomi coming to CAMSAC and Holy Spirit just spoke directly to my heart. It wasn't like a real audible voice, but it, <laughs> it was something in the still small voice in my heart where I heard God say, this girl is going to be important to your ministry. You need to get connected to her. She is going to be uh, like, a, like a sister to you. You're going to be like a brother to her. And I think that we can firmly say and honestly <laughs> say with all integrity that that word has come to pass. Definitely. And so I came out to camp and, well, out to camp sack, and then I came and met the Ryan at the camp and spoke for the week that I was there and then came to the college and career camp called Deeper. And so I came out to camp and then um, spoke and then I ended up, Ryan asked me two days before Hardcore Ranch Camp was going to start if I could come as a cabin leader to Hardcore because they needed one more person. And I passed it by everybody that I, like, that I worked for and came as that and haven't missed, really missed a summer yet. So. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what we saw in Naomi was this awesome young lady who loved the Lord. And I'll never forget, one of the things that stood out to me about Naomi when I first met her was how she played with the kids and how she just took time for each kid and played with them and made them feel so special and cared for. It just was incredible to watch this 
this lady, you know, uh, giving her kicking the soccer ball around or throwing the football around and uh, just playing with people at the beach, man. She's she's just become such an important, awesome part of what we do at Magic Lake Bible Camp. And um, the first year, like I think one of the reasons Ryan called me to help out with hardcore is because I had gone on a trail ride with the college and career camp and he figured I can ride a horse so I could be a cabin leader. <laughs> and so, And I actually, from that point, I started working with um, as a program director and cabin leader for the ranch camps and now I work with the horses more all year round than I ever thought I would. <laughs> yeah so uh, how, uh, Naomi how would you feel that God has equipped you for the work you're doing at Madge? Well part of it is he definitely gave me a desire to do whatever he called me to and the verse that really stuck sticks out to me and has for a long time is Isaiah 6 8. It's, then I heard the, the Lord ask, whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. And in my life, that's been a huge verse for me, is here I am, send me, all throughout. Um, I, when I could, as soon as I could help out with kids club at my church, I helped out. As soon as I could help out with youth group, I, I was on the leadership team. Um, so whatever I could do to help out, I worked at camp in the kitchen and in, um, as a cabin leader at different camps all across Alberta whenever I could. And he just, he prepared me even for disappointments and for hardship in just the experience I had not being able to stay where I thought I was called. But, and then he prepared me to be here where he had called me and he prepared my heart. And He's even little things like the fact that I went, when I was at camp, I would go horse, horseback riding, prepared me to actually be able to get into horses when I came here. I never would have thought that. One of the things that was really super lacking for me, and this will be a question for you, Naomi, right away, was organizational skills. One of the things that I wasn't very good at getting into uh, being a camp director was I, I struggled with organizational skills, but man, God has equipped me over the years to be able to do it. And I guess, you know, some of it's trial by error, but I think more so for me, it was God just saying, okay, this boy needs this gift for this. And so I'm going to give it to him and uh, been able to help me through the ministry. How have you seen God grow you in some of your weaknesses through the ministry? Um. He's taken me from places where I didn't think I was confident. Like, um, before I moved out here, I'd say the biggest amount of people I'd probably ever talked to was maybe 20, 30. And I was always nervous when I went up in front of people. And coming to camp was a stretch for me in the fact that I had to be able to speak louder. I remember one of the guys in my church was hired up hearing. And even in the mic, he would complain to me. He would always be like, Naomi, you need to speak up. And I never could. And so God has definitely changed. He's gotten my voice louder in many ways. And But even in other things, like he's just taught me to be content with where I am and to look to him when I need help. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Naomi. Kendra, on to you. 
The youngin of the group. <laughs> yes. Well, I have been involved with Madge for, I think, nine summers now. So I've been here a little while, but I haven't been um, year round for that long, just for the last year and a bit. But yeah, the first time I ever heard of Madge was when I was 16 because I grew up in Ontario. And so I we moved when I was 16. And I came to Swan River kicking and screaming. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to leave behind my friends and all of the stuff in Ontario. But before I moved, I had prayed and surrendered that to God and said, like, God, I will go where you go or where you want me to go. And I'll stay where you want me to stay. And so I think shortly after I moved in fall, I met Ryan somewhere, I think at, at church. I think you came and you did some sort of presentation from the camp or a wrap up of the summer, that kind of thing. And I honestly don't remember meeting you. Like I don't have any recollections of my first impression of you or why I even wanted to come to camp. <laughs> do you remember those that day at all? Well, I don't remember <laughs> that, but I do remember uh, through the years of being the camp director, I didn't, I don't recruit people like really, really hardcore, but I remember I recruited you hardcore <laughs> and I felt like God just showed me your incredible heart and your incredible gifting. And it was like, that girl needs to be there. I, I remember actually Jeremy Penner. Yeah, I was going to talk about who, him. Who maybe Jeremy will be a guest on the show one day on a par, on the podcast. And uh, I remember Jeremy Penner actually pulling me aside and saying, Ryan, this girl's awesome. <laughs> you need to get her. Well, yeah, Jeremy was, I think, a leader in our youth group at the time. And so I'm pretty sure he just, over the... Over the winter, he just kept mentioning, like, come to Madge, come to Madge. It's an awesome place. And so, obviously, you must have had a good impression on me at some point because <laughs> I ended up coming. And I did phone you, like, five times. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I slightly remember that. Slightly. But anyways, yeah. I The first summer I came to camp, I was thrown into a cabin leader position, which I, like, growing up, I went to a Bible camp, but it was only on the weekends. Like, they didn't have any week-long programs, just weekend programs. And so I just didn't have tons of experience at camp. But I always loved it because I love outdoor stuff. I love, like, crafts and games and songs and being silly. And I love the camp atmosphere. But none of my friends were really into that, so it was always a me thing. Like, I growing up, it was always just me going off and doing that for like a weekend or maybe two or three weekends of the summer, but that was it. And so coming to camp, I was thrown into a cabin leader position and I was co-cabineting with a girl who was from Quebec. So she didn't fully speak English and it was quite challenging. Maybe. So, yeah. Well, I remember that summer just being like, what is happening? Like, I... I don't know. I was stretched and I was growing through it and it was, it was good. But by the end of the summer, I was like, man, that was exhausting. And I am not doing that again. I can remember you actually <laughs> like saying something like that to me, like this is good, but I'm out. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, that was my mentality, but I don't know. I think distance makes the heart go f grow fonder or something because by the next summer rolled around, like you'd call me up and say, Hey, can I put you down for staff? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> How many years did it go like that where you're kind of like at the end, yeah. I'm never doing this again? Three summers, for sure three summers. And it, and it was interesting because I, like, I loved so much about camp, but then that whole exhaustion thing was always a big deal for me. Like, oh man, I'm just too tired. And so I think in the third year, maybe third summer, maybe fourth summer, I remember God just speaking to me like saying, Kendra, you just need to trust me. Like you're, you're relying on your own strength and like a very small practical example is like I am not a very good sleeper <laughs> my whole life it's not been a skill that I, I have and so 
just like sleeping in a cabin full of a bunch of other people was always so stressful for me. And so, yeah, I would get so exhausted because I wouldn't have good sleeps and whatever. And so one day during that summer where God spoke to me, I just realized like every morning when I wake up, I'm always focusing on the negative and I'm always being like, oh, I had a horrible sleep. Like, oh, this day is going to go so poorly. Like, oh, I just, ah. (laughs) And I'd always be stuck in the negative. And that summer was when I started saying, okay, God, I'm just going to actually trust that you're going to be enough for me. And I'm going to just thank you for the sleep that I did get, even if it wasn't a lot. And as soon as I started doing that, it changed everything for me. And honestly, I just started loving camp because it was like, oh, this isn't about me. This isn't about the little sleep that I get. It's about Jesus and it's about giving the gospel to these kids. So that was when it started, like it clicked. And so since then, I just, I come every summer and I love it. Can I rewind with you for just a minute? Mm -hmm. Uh, You had mentioned earlier that you moved to Swan kicking and screaming. How was your transition once you got to Swan? How how were you feeling about life? I did not love living in Swan. <laughs> it was very isolating and I didn't have a lot of Christian friends. And yeah, I, on it like I think that third summer of surrender and just trusting Jesus to be what I needed, it really did translate into my my contentment at being in Swan because I I remember coming home from camp that summer And suddenly being like, wow, this is home. And before that, I never, ever thought that Swan was home. It was just the place I lived. (laughs) How um, do you feel that God has equipped you, you know, even before uh, moving up to Swan to do camp ministry? In lots of different ways. I think one of the, well, one of the biggest ways was growing up, I was always the, the friend that, had the details and made the plans. And so I remember being 13 years old, maybe 14, and our youth pastor left our church. And so we didn't have a youth pastor. And of course, all my friends and I were like so sad. We're like, man, like, is the is the youth group going to disband? Like, that sucks. And so we just decided, well, we're just going to run youth group and we're going to do it normally. But somebody had to organize it. And so for some reason, me, I, I mean, I was the youngest of all my friends. I was 13 or 14 and they were all 15, 16. But for whatever reason, I just ended up being the one that always organized who is going to bring snack and who is going to lead the games and who is going to bring the DVD that we were going to watch. And yeah. And that was just like a consistent thing throughout my teens, teen years. I was the one that had the details and planned it. So coming to camp and then finally getting put in different leadership positions, including program directing, which literally is all about communication and organizing. So yeah, it was really crazy to see how those things that I did as a kid are now my job. (laughs) Get paid to do it. What's funny is uh, you also get paid to keep me and Naomi kind of on task. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So like, for instance, when we're organizing, you know, when are we going to make a podcast? Uh, Kendra is on the phone with us texting us, you know, (laughs) what time? Where? How long is it going to be? Yeah, I'm a bit more of a detailed person than Ryan. Let's put it that way. (laughs) That's the most mild way that you could say that. But it's cool, too, because, like, God has put this team together, and we all have different weaknesses, and we have different strengths. And for the most part, we complement each other. So I asked Naomi what what was one way that she was kind of weaker, that she felt like God helped her to grow as a strength in her life. And I shared about organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's one thing that you would say for you? Well, I remember like our camp, we do a lot of 
drama things, <laughs> lots of acting and skits and that kind of thing. I and that is that is way out of my comfort zone. Like put me in front of a group of people and let me be myself. I can do that. That doesn't stress me out. That's fine. No stage fright there. But put me in front of a group of people and then make me act like somebody different. And it just freaks me out. Like it's so out of my comfort zone. <laughs> Do you remember when you were 16? I think it was. Yeah. Uh, you were, we somehow we talked to you into being part of the Madge play. Yeah. Do you remember what your part was? That yes, year? I was the main character and I was so terrified. And whose daughter were you? <laughs> Yours. Yeah, in the play, you were my daughter. And, and I didn't then, know you barely, so it was just so oh. And what did crazy. we have to do? This big scene where we there was kind of like, made up and yeah. we had to like have this big hug. <laughs> oh. And I remember oh. you as a 16-year-old or 17 just freaking out like every I don't know time. you. I don't trust you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I would say that has been a huge thing of like and, and that's just like one example of being out of my comfort zone. I'm sure as we talk about this podcast more, we're, we'll get into some more. But yeah, God has continually stretched me and put me in places where I just didn't know how to do it or why I'd want to do it or yeah. And then I would have to trust him to do it. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to remember all these things. I remember Kendra at practice, me saying to her, like, and I'm directing the play with my wife, right? And me saying something like, Kendra, you actually are going to have to hug me on the day of the play. Like, <laughs> you you got to practice. And she just, uh, I just remember you just <laughs> looking at me. And at, at one point, I think I actually said, okay, maybe we can give each other a high five or a pound or something like that. And then you came back the next week and you're like, okay, I can hug you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what we hope that you hear is not three people that have come to record a podcast today that have it all together or that knew exactly the direction for their life, but three people that just chose to submit and say, okay, God, just lead us where you will. Lots of times in my life, there's a verse in the Bible that says, God uses the foolish things of the world to confound <laughs> the wise. If I was going to sum up my ministry, I would say that God uses this, this uh, guy to confound the wise. And uh, God has continued to do that over and over in our lives. And uh, we are so excited about uh, what God has called us to. But really, this isn't just a Ryan and Kendra and Naomi thing. This is an everybody thing, man. God has special things in store for you. He wants to use you. And maybe you feel totally unusable to God. I'm sure if we were honest with ourselves, we've all felt unusable towards God at different points. But God has always been faithful as we just step out in faith and trust him. Even this last summer with the pandemic and the quarantines and, you know, hand sanitizer, masks and COVID cuts and all this stuff. God has been faithful as we stepped out in faith and just said, okay, God, is this what you're telling us to do? He has showed himself over and over and over again. I'm just going to read real quick Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 again for us real quick, and then I think we'll wrap up. God has saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, 
so that none of us can boast. And this is verse 10. I really want you to listen here. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God is in the business of equipping. Any last thoughts, you guys? Yeah, I would just say whatever God calls you to, he will equip you for. So when you, whatever you're facing today, like God has called you to live this day. And so whether it's a hard day or a good day or anything in between, he will give you the strength for today. And just remember that God is taking you on a journey. And the stuff that you are doing today, he has a use for it later on. And no matter what it is, he's, he's taking you on a journey and he has a plan for your life. All right, you guys, this has been Madge Moments. We hope that you enjoy and we hope you tune in next time.